Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. Welcome to it. I'm John Fugelsang, and I'm so glad you guys stayed up to be with us. Hello to everyone listening live. We love you guys. Our evil army of the night, you are invited to join the show anytime. Let me tell you, there is a lot and I mean a lot of double talk and jive, rank fuckery, and blatant disinformation going on out there. And I need some Mary Clayton as my backup music to call it out. We have such a good show tonight, friends. And it was a really, really crazy day in the news. I don't know how we're going to get to all the crazy tonight. I should be exhausted from this. I should be discouraged by this. I should feel gaslit and burnt out. Strangely, I find myself more compelled to make fun of silly people, to take the flag away from fascists, and to keep on fighting for this damn country, whether she deserves it or not. I know some of you guys feel the same way. Now, perhaps you're listening on demand on the SiriusXM app or on the John Fugelsang podcast. Hello to the Daywalkers. We got nothing but love for you guys. Please feel free to call in any time. Please feel free to write to us at uh, the JohnFugelsang.com or our show's Facebook page. We like to read your letters on the air. Also, the big sexy liberal show. Oh, man, the first one of the year coming up fast, January 20th at the gorgeous Herbst Theater in San Francisco. We're going to be broadcasting this show from the Sirius XM Hollywood Studios all next week. Very excited to be back on the West Coast. And then we'll head up for the weekend. I cannot wait to see you guys. If you're anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, come on down. It is the party of the year. Let's get campaign season started right. Go to sexyliberal.com for tickets or whatever information you need. Stephanie Miller, Hal Sparks, Frangela, and me. The last time we played, the last time we played up there in uh, in San Francisco, I think it was 2017, and uh, Nancy Pelosi joined us on stage. Who knows who we can drag onto the stage with us this time. We would love to see you guys. Okay, I think we're all set. Oh, tonight's guests. <laughs> Why not? Tonight's a good one, guys. Um, the great Bob Seska will be with us very shortly to tackle the day in D.C. And then the God Squad joins us. Hour number two. I am so excited to welcome back uh, Pastor December Rose, uh, Dylan Hypercruz, and of course, uh, Keith Giles. They are the God Squad, and we now have them on the air to help us make sense of all the Christian nationalism going on in this country. Uh, they're quite brilliant, and we did a great end-of-the-year special, so I'm thrilled that they're going to be joining us as well. Now, maybe, maybe it seems like I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit about how crazy the day was. Let's talk about it, and then get back to me on this, okay? Because um, today was the day of that off-the-rails hearing in D.C. for the House Oversight Committee starring Hunter Biden, who made a silent cameo 
And let's go back in time. You guys already know the Republicans launched contempt proceedings against Hunter Biden last month because he wouldn't comply with a subpoena for his deposition in the impeachment inquiry into his father. And that probe has relied heavily on lies that Joe Biden benefited financially from his son's foreign business dealings. We now know that Donald Trump took in $7 million in pay from foreign countries while he served as president, because that's a fact. But they're still going to push this. So Hunter Biden has refused to sit down for a closed-door deposition because he said, probably rightly, that would give Republicans a chance to totally railroad him and lie about what was said in the meeting. He said, go ahead, put me under oath, and I'll answer questions publicly. And they said no. And today, friends, a lot of bluffs got called. Hunter Biden made an unexpected appearance at the Oversight Committee hearing deciding whether he should be held in contempt of Congress. Now, they were shocked to see him. I think the Democrats were, too. They've accused him of refusing to comply with a subpoena. But he entered the room, and Nancy Mace, who has given up any pretense of being a good person, asked, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? We're going to be playing clips from this all night, because it was that crazy. But here's what you need to know. This is the second time Hunter Biden has shown up for a public hearing. And they were all caught off guard. But he came there to be questioned. He stayed there for 30 minutes. Democrats asked several times for a vote to allow Hunter Biden to give his testimony. Republicans refused the vote. Congressman James Comer agreed to a public hearing, and now he is denying Hunter Biden the right to a public hearing. And they sat within a few feet of him. They directed zero questions at him because they are ridiculous, silly, garbage people. And after 30 minutes, he left when the deranged representative from Georgia who showed his dick pic on national TV began talking. Because if you were a woman and the man who had showed naked photos of you on television began talking, would you stay in the room? As soon as he left, Republicans wanted to speak with him. And again, it was brilliant. Hunter and his lawyers know they're not going to hold him in contempt now. He showed up. He totally played them. That's all you need to know. After today, Republicans have blown any chance to hold Hunter Biden in contempt. He called their bluff, and so did Congressman Jared, Mos Jared Moskowitz from New York. He floated this idea of the panel having a vote to have Biden testify publicly right there. And he said the only people who were afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side. This is crazy. Give a listen. Here is Jared Moskowitz taking notice of Hunter Biden in the gallery, and he takes notice of Republicans' lack of desire to actually speak with the man they've demanded show up to answer questions. The witness accepted the chairman's invitation. It just so happens the witness is here. If the committee wants to hear from the witness and the chairman gave the witness that option, then the only folks that are afraid to hear from the witness with the American people watching are my friends on the other side of the aisle. I don't know if there's a proper motion, Mr. Chairman, but I'll make a motion, let's vote. Let's take a vote. Who wants to hear from Hunter right now, today? Anyone? Come on. Who wants to hear from Hunter? Motion's out of order. Yeah. No one. So I'm a visual learner, and the visual is clear. Nobody over there wants to hear from the witness. Oh, there's one. Thank you. Will you yield for a question? I'm not there yet, but I will eventually. Uh, so there's no one, well, other than one or two, that want to hear from the witness. So the majority of my colleagues over there, including the chairman, don't want to hear from the witness with the American people watching. So the witness... Okay, so it, it got more fun from there. Uh, then it got to Nancy Bass. 
Republican from South Carolina. Here she is putting to rest any notion that she wants to be the sane Republican in the room ever again with this tirade against Hunter Biden demanding his arrest for something. First of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here. And- Mr. Chairman, what? point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman, if the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Because you keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. I think that that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is what? founded on the rule of come law on, come on. and the premise come that on. the law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last point of order, Mr. Chairman. So this is how it went. I mean, and it got nuttier. It, it got nuttier from there. Eventually, Hunter Biden grew tired of this committee. He knew his time was being wasted. He knew he had shown up for 30 minutes and revealed that he's not blowing off subpoenas. He's willing to answer questions. His bluff was called. And so he decided to leave just as Marjorie Taylor Greene. A woman so toxic, the real housewives are injecting her into their foreheads. I mean, like like Macbeth would break up with Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know what I'm saying? But he walked out just when she began speaking. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. So their bluff was called. And thank God Jamie Raskin showed up to be the grown up in the room, which admittedly isn't that hard. Um, I don't even know where to begin here. Here, here is uh, let, me, let me show you. Here's Jamie Raskin wrangling a clown show with Congressman Andy Biggs. It, again, the, the silliness continued. And um, in my experience, some of those people up there did not receive a subpoena and so notified Counsel for your bogus J6 committee. Well, um, first of all, every court in the land has rejected the claim there was anything bogus about it. As you know, uh, the courts rejected the idea that it was somehow... Was it heard before every court in the uh, Every court that heard it, can, do you have any authority on your side for that outrageous proposition? I know you'd like to believe it, but your fantasies are not the law of the United States. I have great fantasies. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm certain you do. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, you and Ms. Green you might this. want to discuss them together. Yeah, but, but- Okay, so one more of Jamie Raskin, and then we'll move on. Here he is reminding the Republicans on the committee, they're all eunuchs for an unhinged dictator who thinks he gets to murder people when he has the right job. But the lawlessness lasted up until yesterday when Donald Trump's lawyer got up before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals and asserted that President Trump, or any other president for that matter, has a right to order assassinations of his political opponents and not be prosecuted for it unless he's impeached and convicted first, which is completely at odds with the text of the Constitution, the history of the Constitution, but he asserted a right to assassinate other citizens unless first he's 
impeached or convicted, which means all you got to do is kill your political opponents and then kill enough of your political opponents in the House and Senate to keep yourself from being impeached or convicted. My friends, please don't look at your phones and papers right now. This goes to the heart of the republic. Take a position on it. Even if you're going to support it, take a position on it. Don't stick your heads in the sand. Donald Trump is doing this to our country. He's asserting the right of the president to murder people and not be prosecuted for it. Well, so why are we here? Well, Donald Trump insisted to numerous Republicans and in public and on Twitter and on Truth Social that Joe Biden be impeached. Why? Well, because Donald Trump was impeached twice, the last time for inciting a violent insurrection against his own vice president, against the Congress of the United States to overthrow an election. And if you don't believe that, you've got to tell me that if Mike Pence had buckled under two weeks and months of pressure, that Donald Trump would have said, oh no, I was just kidding. I'm not actually going to seize the presidency. Come on. If you believe that, you're too innocent to be let out of the house by yourself. So anyway, <laughs> Donald Trump says, I don't want to be the only one running for president who's been impeached. Impeach Joe Biden. Figure out something. We were here for a year. You guys did not lay a glove on Joe Biden. You don't have a single credible piece of evidence, not one iota showing any crime by Joe Biden. As Mr. Lynch says, uh, even your own witnesses came up and said they didn't see it at the one hearing that you had on impeachment. So why are we here? Well, we can't go after Joe Biden. He's clean. Let's go after Hunter Biden. Let's yep. That's it. Meanwhile, the only Republican presidential candidate willing to say publicly what he thinks about Donald Trump privately has dropped out. Former New Jersey governor and uh, and guest on this show, Chris Christie. He he did it. He dropped out tonight. Maybe you saw him on the news. He did not endorse any of his competitors for the GOP nomination, but he ripped Trump. He ripped everybody else, especially Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. Here he is pulling the ripcord on his 2024 presidential campaign. But he went out with his head held high, his pants hiked up almost as high as his head, and a few final words of admonition for the remaining candidates. Because this is a fight for the soul of our party and the soul of our country. Why have we resisted the calls to drop out of this race? Because unlike some of the other candidates, we're fighting for something bigger than ourselves. We're fighting for something bigger than self-interest. We're fighting for something bigger than the next title. I've got plenty of titles. I have enough titles to last me the rest of my life. U.S. attorney, governor, husband, father, son, brother. I have enough titles to last me for the rest of my life. We're fighting for something bigger. It's something that conventional wisdom thinkers just can't possibly understand. And so they've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, because some polls that I should drop out of the race, that I should get out for that reason. The smallness of the campaigns, who spend more time arguing and worrying about who should get out of the race than they have spent going after the front runner. Out of the race, now every remaining Republican candidate who's in this race has pledged to support Donald Trump even if he's convicted of a felony for insurrection against the country. Think about that. Both Haley and DeSantis. 
I mean, Chris Christie was told, okay, drop out and endorse Nikki Haley. And he said, I'd be happy to get out of the way for someone who was actually running against Donald Trump. But he said, what if I did support Nikki Haley? And then three months from now, she's ready to be vice president. What will I look like if Trump makes her his vice president after I endorse her? What will all the people who supported her at my behest look like? Chris Christie says Trump is unfit for office. But since when, Chris? He wasn't unfit for office when he was stealing from veterans with a fraud online university. You endorsed him twice after that. Now, if you've always known Trump so well, you didn't know he was unfit in 2016? Because I, I, I know people who are potheads who knew that. 2020? Again, 2020? <laughs> after Charlottesville and you still supported him? I mean, so were you lying in 2016? Were you lying in 2020? Or are you lying now? Because if Chris Christie really wanted to make sure Trump is defeated, he would announce his full support for the only guy who's beaded Trump, Joe Biden. Chris Christie didn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to do it. Chris Christie is not about defeating Donald Trump. Chris Christie, like the rest of his party, is all about himself. And, you know, we spent so much time on this stuff, I barely got to talk about Donald Trump's very bad day. He had a pretty bad one. He wanted to deliver a closing argument at his bank fraud trial. But when his lawyers couldn't agree that he would follow rules, the judge blew it up. And conservatives are melting down right now. This is, of course, the bank fraud trial in New York. There's nine trials to keep track of. But Judge Engeron would not give Trump a chance to issue a closing statement like we discussed last night. The judge asked Trump to agree that he would not say anything unreasonable or unlawful. Trump ignored the deadline that the judge extended three times and would not agree. So he said, OK, you can't follow the basic rules of court. You can't do it. Also today, Donald Trump's not going to be on Nevada's presidential preference primary ballot because, well, not because the Supreme Court threw him off the ballot like in Colorado, not because the Secretary of State threw him off the ballot like up in Maine, no, because he forgot to file with the Nevada Secretary of State's office to run in this election. No election officials did this. It's due to Donald Trump's own sloth. Uh, Vivek, by the way, also uh, did not file to compete in Nevada's primary. So he's not going to get to do it. And they're going to gaslight you and say it's a political stunt by Joe Biden or the Democrats. No, his team didn't do the paperwork on time. Trump has spent all this time talking about Democrats pulling him off the ballot in Colorado and Maine. He pulled himself off the ballot because he is a dumb person. He should not have nuclear codes. He's not on the ballot there because he didn't file. He's not speaking in court today because he never agreed to reasonable terms. Oh, and he's being a racist liar again because he's scared. Yes, Oh, Berther, where art thou? I got to go a few minutes over tonight because Donald Trump is fueling a lie on social media that Nikki Haley is not eligible to be president because she's not really a natural born U.S. citizen. Is that familiar? Have you heard him say that before about, I don't know, Barack Obama, Ted Cruz, Kamala Harris? Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, what do those four people have in common? This week. Donald Trump posted a screenshot on Filth Social, and it was from uh, that gateway pundit, uh, Satan's Jizrag, a far right website. And Donald Trump shared it with his five million Filth Social followers, um, claiming that Nikki Haley is disqualified from being president or vice president because reports indicate that her parents were not U.S. citizens at the time of her birth in 1972. I don't know where the racism ends and the dumb begins. But that's the history of America. Nikki Haley was born in South Carolina. She is a natural born citizen. She is eligible to be president. But again, this is what Trump has to do. Push a racist idea that because your parents are immigrants or folks are from India, she can't be a real American. Just like a Barack Obama. Weird name. Strange black guy. Doesn't talk like anyone I know. Hussein can't be a citizen. Pulled it with Kamala Harris. 
Tried it with Ted Cruz. He spread this lie about Obama for years, this racist smear that the first black president wasn't really one of us. And it's my favorite litmus test to find out who's really a racist and who takes racism seriously. And after doing this for years, September 16, 2016, he admitted Obama was born in the U.S. And everyone moved on and the media let him get away for it. In 2016, when she was governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley joked that Trump's going to do the same thing. She said, I'm not going to feel like I made it till Donald Trump demands to see my birth certificate. She was joking about it then. Today, it really happened. In August of 2020, a Trump campaign spokesperson questioned Kamala Harris's citizenship on ABC News. And Trump said on TV that Kamala Harris doesn't meet the requirements to serve as VP. The lady was born in Oakland. You idiot. You racist clown. And then Trump tried to do this for Ted Cruz. Said Cruz was disqualified from being president because he was born in Canada. Trump kept raising Cruz's qualifications as a question all the time in the 2016 campaign. Do you know how much I don't like having to defend Ted Cruz? Hmm? Ted's mother was born in America. His Cuban father was born in Canada. He's a natural-born citizen. He was the child of a U.S. citizen. And I'm here to say, okay, let Trump do this. His mother is from Scotland. Four of his children were born to immigrant mothers. Racist birther against Barack Obama, against Kamala Harris, against Ted Cruz, and now against Nikki Haley. And the Republican Party did nothing. They let it stand. Nikki Haley won't say anything. She went to work for Donald Trump after his last racism. And Nikki Haley's not going to call Donald Trump a racist today because Nikki Haley wants a job. Donald Trump can make birther claims against a woman of color. And no one cares. And that same woman of color, by the way, last week said the Civil War wasn't about slavery. After Ron DeSantis said slavery benefited black people. Remember when the racism used to be subtle here? Donald Trump can't stop spreading racist lies to racists who like being lied to. And the beautiful thing about it is, after all of this, after Trump saying Obama and, and Cruz and Harris and now Nikki Haley are not qualified to be on a ballot, it's Donald Trump white supremacist who spray tans to be less white. He's the one who's going to end up being disqualified from being on a ballot to be president because he incited an insurrection. You know, Trump wants to use this interpretation of the constitutional requirements to keep his opponents from being on a ballot. And then he complains that that whole thing is anti-democracy when it happens to him. And that's Trumpism in 2024, my friends. Do whatever you can to keep your opponent off the ballot and whine like a petulant little bitch when someone else does the same thing to you. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back with your calls on the great Bob Seska. This is Progress. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. Welcome back. Our number here is 866-997-4748. So you got all that? Trump's off the ballot in Nevada. It's his own fault. He's not going to be allowed to speak at his lawyer's closing arguments tomorrow in the New York courtroom because it's his own fault. Uh, Chris Christie dropping out of the race, but uh, doesn't have the guts to endorse anyone who hasn't endorsed. I mean, to endorse anyone who actually is against Donald Trump. And uh, Donald Trump has gone full racist birther all over again. And normally any one of those would be a big story. Instead, we saw this batshit hearing today in the House uh, over Hunter Biden. I'm still trying to make sense of it. It was complete madness. We played you a lot of audio clips already of the House Oversight Committee. We're not even halfway through it yet because things got crazy right now i want to bring in the great bob seska host of one of the smartest political talk shows you can listen to the bob seska podcast also trek politics with our good friend mary trump which is a wonderful deeply entertaining show that is every bit as inspiring and political as a uh, well star trek itself and of course we love bob on the stephanie miller show catch his weekly columns and bonus material at his patreon that's patreon.com slash bob seska show bob welcome back Hey, thanks so much, John. Really appreciate it. I was just noticing on Twitter that apparently Donald Trump's doing a town hall tonight. I had no idea that was going on. And so now my cortisol stress levels are off the charts. Usually I'm pretty relaxed when we sit down and talk every Wednesday night. But then I just noticed this like, ah, ah, why? Why are you stressed about this? Now, hang on. Why? First off, you understand why he's doing it tonight, right? You know why he's doing it? He's having a really bad week. The bad news keeps coming every day. He's going to lose all these trials. He's not going to be able to lay all of them. It's only getting worse. We now know he was on China's payroll. And tonight there is a silly debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis on CNN. They're, they're mm-hmm. Just the two of them, because as you know, Bob, only one can be a distant second. So Donald Trump That's is right. doing what he does best. He's completely uh, upstaging them and taking all the heat away. He's going to go on Fox. And so the right wing folks are all going to watch him on Fox. They're not going to watch those two rhinos on CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you make a good point. I was just noticing a clip uh, before we started talking where he was going back to the dictator thing again, confirming. Oh, that he's going to be a dictator. So, God, he's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, all kinds of people are tuning into that and going, well, you know what? That's fine because gas prices. Joe Biden's old. Yeah. Well, but again, they, oh. they've, they've lost the gas prices. Uh, Donald yeah. Trump's lie that there's $8 gallon gas in this country. There is not a single gas station charging that much for a gallon. In no, fact, this is for the first time since the pandemic. The average gas price in America is under $3 across yeah. the whole country. Yeah. I mean, you know, they wanted to blame Biden for high gas prices a year ago. Now they won't give him credit for it. Although, as you know, my big fear this year is that OPEC's going to cut more production because OPEC with like an easily malleable stooge back in the White House. Yeah, yeah. Well, plus Donald Trump is hoping for the economy to crash this year. He confirmed that the other day, right? Yeah. And so, but at the same time, he was saying that the success of the economy right now, thus confirming the success of the economy, was actually his doing. 
He was saying yes. that the economy is is running on fumes from what he did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, he ran on Obama's fumes. Let's not forget that. He rode Obama's recovery as it kept expanding, and he ate Big Macs and his ass got bigger. And then uh, the entire economy collapsed. And now Joe Biden, because it takes two years for anything a president does to really show an economy, let's be fair, yeah. it's happening now. I mean, Joe Biden's doing exactly what Obama and Clinton did before him, clean up the mess the arsonist left. And right away, the arsonist has to go back to heckling the fire department. It's, it's what we always see. But this was crazy. How many millions of us, Mr. Seska, are living paycheck to paycheck? How many millions of us couldn't afford $500 for an emergency medical bill? And Trump is actually saying he's rooting for the economy to collapse yes. so he can become president because the suffering of millions will benefit him. Yeah. Plus, he doesn't want to be Hoover. He doesn't want to be Herbert Hoover. I was telling Stephanie late. Miller this morning that uh, that's one of the reasons why 400,000 Americans died in Trump's final year in office, because he didn't want to disrupt the economy by tackling covid when he yeah. should have. So as a consequence of that, we had all kinds of death. We had a gigantic economic collapse anyway. And yet he continued on and on, just not doing anything about this pandemic that ran roughshod all across the United States or around the world, for that matter. And, and the great irony is, is that at the end of the day, because he was so focused on winning the election in 2020, thus ignoring COVID, he ended up losing the election anyway, which is the, the sad reality. I mean, good for the country, good for democracy. But the sacrifice that he made in American lives actually turned out that he didn't even win. So that sacrifice that he made, that calculation that he made, if I let this go, if I don't pursue this in the name of, you know, upholding the strength of the economy or whatever he was saying, whatever he was thinking, that resulted in both mass death and he didn't win anyway. It's just mm -hmm. I, I don't know how he sleeps at night, I guess. He doesn't. <laughs> that may be part he of his doesn't. problem. So about four hours, about four hours a night, and then the medication starts up again. I, right. I, I thought the Hoover comment was fascinating, Mr. Seska, because let's yeah. let's look at this here now. Herbert Hoover, well, he had uh, he deported a million Mexican Americans out of the country. Herbert Hoover mm -hmm. did because he said it was hurting American jobs. He uh, had a stupid tariff war that hurt the country's economy and hurt the middle class. Yeah. But Herbert Hoover lost 11 million jobs in his presidency. Donald Trump lost double that 22 million. No, 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 yeah. Donald. Herbert Hoover doesn't want to be you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, Joe Biden's jobs record so far has vastly exceeded uh, Donald Trump's jobs record. And and that's if you don't even take into consideration the last fourth of Donald Trump's presidency, which was COVID and a massive recession, massive job loss and massive death. So, yeah, Donald Trump's jobs record was an absolute disaster and uh, worse than Herbert Hoover. Right? You said, I mean, he ended his four years with negative job creation, yeah. like 2.6 oh, yeah. million jobs lost net at the end of the day. Staggering. And, you know, the, the Republican Party gets this reputation for being the party of the economy somehow. I don't know how yeah. that's still I, I because don't know the media doesn't circulate. challenge it because the media right. lets that narrative stand. That's why there's no other reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're also the party of uh, running the government like they would a business. Well, oh, yeah. Right now, the Republican Party, <laughs> state level Republican parties across the country are all on the verge of bankruptcy. That's right.
And uh, by the way, that's, that's the, Trump gets credit for that, Bob. I give Trump credit yeah. for that because right. Donald Trump has been promoting, no, Save America PAC. That's all he talks about. It's all mm-hmm. Save America PAC. And so right-wing people and these troglodytes give their money to this grifter and they're not donating it to the RNC or even their state Republican parties anymore. And right. that's why Donald Trump is does not give a rat's ass about the Republican Party. He doesn't care about anything in their agenda. He only cares about themselves. He's using them they're using him and they're going broke for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's a we, we could play a price is right pricing game on this one. What okay. do you think the Minnesota Republican Party has left in its bank account right now? Uh, I would say one hundred and forty two dollars. One hundred and forty two dollars. It'd be lower than that. It'd be lower than that. If you guess one dollar, you win. But it's actually fifty three dollars. The Minnesota Republican Party has $53 in the bank, more than $335,000 in debt, according to the FEC. Oh, that wouldn't pay for Don Jr.'s bump when the strip club's closing down at 4 (laughs) a.m. My God. My God. Oh, it couldn't happen to a nicer party. Well, I I guess they'll have to go out there and get a job and pull himself up by their bootstraps, Bob. Uh, (laughs) That's right. But I mean, these are the people who want to be the stewards of our economy starting next year. That's staggering to me. And people, I, I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what's caught. I mean, obviously, there are numerous reasons for why we are where we are. But there are still people walking around going, hey, you know, that Donald Trump better on the economy. I mean, that's I don't understand where that comes from. How yeah, they could the possibly be that diluted other than maybe this 50 year war on education that the Republican Party has been engaged in to get yeah. us to this point where we got this enormous population of Americans who are so utterly gullible, whose bullshit detectors are irreparably busted, who do yeah. not know the difference between anything, much yeah. less what party is better with the economy knowing exactly where we were with Barack Obama, where we were with uh, Bill Clinton, where we are with Joe Biden right now, as opposed to contrasting with where Republican presidents led us in every single occasion into a So recession. in other words, exactly the way it was under George W. Bush, just meaner, yeah. louder, and dumber. That's what you're saying? Just meaner, louder? Yeah, they're the, <laughs> yeah, the illiterati. Yeah, meaner, louder, dumber, George W. Bush. Oh and you know God. what? I came up in Blogosphere 1.0 covering George W. Bush, and I never thought it could ever get worse than that. And I hope that doesn't <laughs> perpetuate a trend where... Uh, you know, 20 years from now, we're saying, I couldn't believe, I can't believe it got worse than Donald Trump. But here we are with President, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, President Ben Shapiro or Taylor Green. Yeah, well, sure. That'll happen when Nazis want to elect a Jewish guy. Um, We're at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Bob, can I can I ask you a little bit about today's uh, slugfest? At the uh, House oh, yeah. Oversight Committee. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was the entire full display of no legislative agenda of the Republican Party yeah. on parade. Uh, I want to play a clip of Jared Moskowitz, who, man, he was oh, lit today. Great. Here he is telling the Republicans that he'll happily vote to hold Hunter Biden in contempt the way they all want so badly if they will support an amendment to add a few names of other scoff laws who also mm-hmm. didn't comply with congressional subpoenas. Give a listen. I'll vote for the Hunter contempt today. You can get my vote. You can get my vote. But I want you to show the American people that you're serious. Here is the subpoena to Representative Scott Perry, who did not comply. I'd like to enter this into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mark Meadows. I'd like to enter this into the record, who did not comply. Here is the subpoena to Jim Jordan, 
who did not comply with a lawful subpoena. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mo Brooks, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. Here is the subpoena to Mr. Biggs, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. And here's the subpoena to Mr. McCarthy, who did not comply. I'd like to enter that into the record. There's an amendment coming to add some of those names into the contempt order. You vote to add those names and show the American people that we apply the law equally, not just when it's Democrats, right? It's a crime when it's Democrats, but when it's Trump and the Republicans, it's just fine. No, show that you're serious and that everyone is not above the law. Vote for that amendment and I'll vote for the Hunter Biden contempt. Listen, I'll- that's how it's done, Bob. That's how it's done. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the way you stick it to them. And in addition to that, the Democrats wanted to get Hunter Biden onto the dais to testify live on That's television right, right yeah. there. And the Republicans refused. Yeah, we played and that clip earlier. That? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and now now they can't cite him for contempt. He showed up. He was there for That's half right. an hour. He was That's ready to right. testify, put his hand in a Bible and do it on camera. But that's not what they want. They want it behind closed doors so they can go on Fox News and lie and fundraise off it for mm-hmm. one night. For yeah. one night, they're doing it to squeeze out one extra night of extra fundraising, and that's all. This is a gigantic stunt. I mean, this is like, you know what the Republican Party is, especially the Congressional Republicans, the Rodeo Clown Caucus, etc. They're like, you know, like the worst TikTok accounts, which are all about just angering people. It's just like a rage or we see it all over Twitter, rage tweeting, where it's just yeah. like, let's just let's turn off any morality or values you might have and just scream nonsense into the void and get all kinds of attention from that because people all go, ha ha, look at that idiot. And then they start sharing it around. Look at this stupid person. And that's kind of, I, I guess the Republicans are kind of on the same thing where they're both at the same time throwing red meat to their own base, which is what their side of this stunt was today. And then also at the same time, just getting the the Donald Trump style news cycle where Donald Trump continuously gets into the news for saying stupid fucking shit. And so, yeah, I think the Republicans are trying to do the same thing. And again, I'm I'm part of the problem because I probably shouldn't have been playing all these clips of their little theater, their, their, their little stunt they pulled, because this is all to distract from the fact that last week we found out Donald Trump was on the payroll of 20 different foreign nations while serving as president. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about the emoluments clause. They don't care about the lawlessness. And now, as of yesterday, we have Donald Trump's lawyers in court, and I need your thoughts on this, arguing that if Donald Trump wanted to, as president, he could murder someone and then threaten to murder senators if they ever impeached him, then leave office and never face criminal prosecution. Literally, he had a lawyer arguing that he could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue and get away with it yesterday. They're literally defending the right for an individual to murder. That's right. A- a- an individual who happens to be Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if Donald Trump wants Joe Biden to have this power. I think he personally wants this power exclusively for himself. And this is a I don't know what more evidence we possibly could need. Uh, This nonsense, this dog and pony show about him saying that he's going to be a dictator on day one and just just for one day. He made sure to emphasize that tonight. That's just the teeny tiny thin outer layer of what we're going to have to deal with with Donald Trump, because 
irrespective of how the appeals to the D.C. appeals court lands on this issue, and they will absolutely laugh this whole thing out of court, they will not give Donald Trump presidential immunity. Neither will the Supreme Court if it gets to that level. So regardless, though, Donald Trump will still exercise that power. We have to be extraordinarily vigilant about making sure Donald Trump does not become president again, because if he does, he will feel that it is his privilege as president to be able to commit crimes like that if he wants to. I mean, for God's sake, before there was ever any uh, trials or prosecutions of Donald Trump to force him into trying to create some sort of ridiculous presidential immunity that doesn't exist, even before that, he was talking about shooting Americans in the street using active duty military personnel, right. violating posse comitatus and all the rest of it, B- because he is is that horrendous. His moral compass doesn't even exist. He doesn't care about anything or anyone other than his own acquisition of power and the exercise of that power in order to get more even more power. That's, that's what it. Donald but Trump is. That's the whole party. Excuse. That's why he yep. d- belongs as the head of this party. That's mm-hmm. all the party cares about. You think Nancy Mace cares about Marjorie Taylor Greene? You think Marjorie Taylor Greene cares about Paul Gosar? Does Paul Gosar care about Lauren Boebert? They all are in it for themselves. They have yeah. no ideology. There's no commitment to improving the lives of anyone who's not wealthy in this caucus. And the media and the Democrats, well, the media keeps letting them get away with it. Dem- Democrats mm-hmm. did some serious pushback today. I can't fault them. Yeah. Well, the demographics in this country are changing so rapidly that the Republican Party is in this. What we're witnessing right now is kind of the death rattle of that wing of American politics. And it may seem larger than it actually is. I, I think we would do well to not overestimate the size of the MAGA movement. It is a threat and it will continue to be an existential threat to democracy. That said, it's not a whole lot of people. So consequently, what they're doing is they see this oncoming new majority taking shape. They see Gen Z becoming more and more uh, progressive and more and more anti-gun and And more and more focused on the climate crisis, anti-racist and all the rest of it. They see this cataclysm in their perspective coming toward them more and more frantically. And so they're in this mad scramble to try to figure out some way to remain in power. To, to find some sort of foothold so that they can do whatever nonsense they want to do. That's right. Whatever paleoconservative bullshit they're trying. They're trying to drag us back to 1650 is what they're not 1950, 1650. Fair because enough. they're so terrified of losing their strength, their political umph, their heft in this country. And and it can't happen soon enough. That's why I keep you know what? That's why I, with this uh, Chris Christie dropping out today and everything like that. I hope his supporters go line up behind Nikki Haley. I hope Nikki Haley wins in New Hampshire. I hope Nikki Haley wins a couple more primaries after that, because that's going to destroy this Republican Party. I, you know, tell me, please tell me about how, how what so? happens in November later. But right now, I want to see this Republican Party eat itself to death, destroy itself. I want to see Donald Trump uh, just completely. How, how does that happen, though? Nick, I mean, Nikki, Nikki Haley could beat. Joe Biden. Nikki Haley might have an easier That's time true. beating Joe Biden than Donald Trump. So how would her would it just be that there'd be enough MAGAs who wouldn't bother to show up to vote if Trump wasn't the name on the ballot? Right. If it's not Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, just on paper, as you said, defeats Joe Biden, at least in the janky polling that we have at our access right now. 
the fact is, though, if she starts to look like she's going to get the nomination, Donald Trump's going to lose his fucking mind and he's going to storm off. He's going to either form his own party or run independently, split the Republican vote. And then you're talking about two different conservative candidates who are splitting whatever Donald Trump's right. share of the vote was, whatever, 45 percent, split that in half. So neither of them ends up get, getting anywhere close to winning the presidency and that's the best case scenario that's when you start to see all the garment rendering rending in the in that's the aftermath it. of that yeah and and that destroys the republican party or at least starts the destruction of it bob you have given me a whole new fantasy to get through the weekend we gotta hit a break but what's the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your great work uh, you can follow my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just search for The Bob Seska Show there and also at bobseskashow.com. That's my Patreon page. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really Thanks, great to friend. see you, sir. We'll see you soon. Back with your calls in just a moment. This is Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. If you caught our end-of-the-year special, you love these next guests as much as I do. They are the God Squad. They class this joint up, and they're three of the smartest, most fearless theologians out there, people who have compassion and guts at a time when America needs lots of both. Keith Giles is a former pastor who left the pulpit to follow Jesus and start a house church where no one takes a salary, and 100% of all offerings are given to help the poor in the community. He's written several books. They're terrific, including Jesus Untangled, which I recommend very highly, uh, as well as um, their book Second Cup with Keith for people who are deconstructing their Christian faith. And he's the co-host of the Heretic Happy Hour podcast. Keith Giles, Happy New Year. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Great to be here, John. Great to have you, and it's great to have Dylan Cruz with us as well. He's a writer, a theologian, and a permaculture enthusiast in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Dylan's a terrific writer. I highly recommend his collection of essays, Theological Musings, Volume 1. And, of course, in his work, he covers political, social, and environmental concerns in the U.S. and around the world. Mr. Cruz, it's great to see you. Happy New Year. Hey, thanks for having me, John. Thank you. We have a lot of ground to cover, and I'm glad you're with us. And finally... December Rose Waddleton is an author and a poet and a spoken word artist and the former pastor of the Restoration Center in Greenville, South Carolina, and the Rock Worship Center in West Union, Carolina. She is my kind of troublemaker and the author of the book, The Church Can Go to Hell, which is actually a deeply spiritual book. It's a pleasure to welcome uh, Pastor Waddleton back to SiriusXM. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What's up, friend? And you can just call me December Rose. If you if you just want to call me Pastor, you can call me Pastor Rose. It'll put my whole government name in the streets. I'm so glad to be back with y'all, though, for 2024. How you doing? I'm delighted. I'm going to call you whatever you want to be called. So don't even worry about that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, guys, I'm I'm so glad you're here. And I I have a lot of topics I want to talk about. There's a lot of Different kinds of rank fuckery and double talk and jive going on from the revoltingly fake Christians that make up the Christian nationalists that control our government. And uh, I, I want to start by uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. We've talked about him before. Uh, if this was Middle Earth, he's a he's a hobbit on the outside, an orc on the inside. But Rolling Stone magazine just ran a big expose about how he has this flag flying outside of his office that is tied into the new apostolic reformation. And um, I wanted to ask you guys about this, because my understanding is that the New Apostolic Reformation Movement is one of these charming groups of Christians who think that America should be a Christian nation. Uh, as Mike Flynn said recently, that we should only have 
one religion. As Donald Trump said last week, uh, if you, we should deport people who are not the right religion. And I'm curious, mm -hmm. what can you guys tell us about this organization, um, uh, the New Apostolic Reformation or, or NAR? Dylan, yeah, let me start well, with you. Yeah, oh, go Keith, ahead. go ahead, Keith. No, Dylan, no, no, you go ahead. All right, well, there there are seven mountains dominion organization, and their views are predicated on some really bogus assumptions that, A, the, the United States was founded as a Christian nation. That's absolute nonsense. Um, anybody can go download this. I just downloaded it. Memorial and Remonstrance Against Religious Assessments by John Madison in 1785. He wrote, huh. who does not see that the same authority which can establish Christianity in exclusion of all other religions may establish with the same ease any particular sect of Christians in exclusion of all other sects? Boom. He's the same guy that wrote the First Amendment uh, that separates church and state. So that's one that's one problem with the Seven Mountains. The other thing is that they believe in this wealth redistribution uh, model that. And that's one of the reasons why they want to defund the IRS, apparently. Well, yes. I read the entire Gospel of Mark today, and um, I was looking for things that might uh, align with Christian nationalism. But what I found was a bunch of stuff that was like, no, that's bogus, including the passages where Jesus talks about giving all your wealth away and also not seeking to be in power like the Roman Empire people because followers of Jesus were supposed to do it the other way. So mm -hmm. the NAR is um, morally and spiritually bankrupt and not Christian, not a Christian movement at all. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly seems that way. And for me, uh, Keith, let me ask you about this. Any organization that says that America is a Christian nation and that we're supposed to be for Christians, I mean, like, that's that's evangelical supremacy. What the hell with these people going after Rashida Tlaib for her <laughs> comments? But now they're willing to say, well, America can afford to kick all non-Christians out of this country. I mean, essentially, that's the hypocrisy at play here, right? Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we see more of this, and it's been growing for a long time now in this country. Um, yeah, the, the the thing about it is, uh, again, going back to, the, like Dylan was saying, the Seven Mountains thing, right? Their whole... Their, their whole strategy is they think that there's these sort of seven mountains and that's like religion, family, education, government, the arts, the media uh, and business. And their plan, their strategy is to get Christian leaders um, at the at the top of all these different sort of um, places. And, and their their plan basically is to Christianize America. Right. Bring us back to this great christian nation that apparently we were in the beginning uh there's no evidence for that but they're back when they're we had that was we, a great christian nation when we were importing all the slaves or slaughtering sure. the people that lived here what, what yes, point yes exactly were the great yeah. I, i'm always yeah, okay. i'm always Thank confused you. you know at what point in american history were we and again maybe maybe the problem is uh, the definition of christian see i have this problem where if you say something is christian i i assume that means it's christ-like and so I'm looking for any <laughs> yes. Christ-likeness uh, in the early, uh, you know, the history of uh, of this nation. And uh, no, yeah. at no point were we, when we were uh, killing Native Americans, when we were uh, bringing black people over as slaves, yeah, uh, all of that. No, at no point were we ever a Christ-like nation. Um, and so, the, and again, this is their plan. And, and, and what they want to do is sort of force the kingdom of God to come on earth um, with this sort of power over, but gaining power in all these seven uh, structures, these seven places of influence, um, and to sort of enforce 
Christianity upon people who really don't really care about Christianity. Well, this is what they seem to misunderstand. I think to me, this is this to me is the biggest problem. Um, what they don't understand is that according to Jesus, who they say they follow, ex, you know, they're, they're, they say they want to expand and advance the kingdom of God, right? So here's how Jesus says the kingdom of God is supposed to advance. To love your neighbor, turn yeah. the other cheek, care for the poor, care for the orphan and the widow. That's how Jesus says his kingdom is supposed to be advanced in the world. Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness with these exact things, right? I'll give you all of these things. I'll give you all this power, political power, all this influence. And Jesus- Committee chairmanship. Yeah, Jesus mm-hmm. turned it down. And now these people are like, hey, Jesus, you missed your chance. We got you covered though. We're gonna we're gonna fix it. Um, yeah. And again, this is, so it's very misguided and it's definitely, as Dylan said, not not a Christian organization. December, I want to ask you about this. And and to Keith's point, you know, uh, people always say to me, like, well, Christians this, Christians that. And I come out and say, well, no, those aren't real Christians. And my atheist brothers and sisters say, no, bro, those are the real Christians. I don't care what you think. And I say, no, no, by Jesus, they're not the real Christians. You know, they uh, do we need two words? Do we need one to just be like, you know, Christ followers and Jesus club? I mean, I don't know how to distinguish it because it's a it's a fair point. Like they violate everything the character of Jesus talks about in the book. But it's fair to call them Christians because Christians have been the ones doing all this. At the same time, though, it's been Mm -hmm. Christians resisting it. It was Christians who fought for abolition of slavery. It was Christians who fought against Jim Crow. Christians who fought for dignity and compassion for LGBT brothers and sisters. I mean, I I don't know. Is the word a problem to you? Christianity? Is it mean, mean club? Or does it need, does it deserve to be redeemed and saved? Ah. It has become a problem for me. I will say that I shed that label when I released my book, The Church and Go to Hell. I, I talk about why. And I say in that book that I love Christ too much to be a Christian. And I yes. think that a lot of people are getting to that place where they cannot tolerate calling themselves something and witnessing and looking every day at something that is so contradictory to the the person of Christ, the life of Christ, the actions of Christ, the love of Christ, the acceptance of Christ, the being and the godliness, the divine nature of Christ. And so I don't I don't think that there needs to be another definition. People just need to fucking they need to walk it like they talk it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that's what yeah. people are getting tired of, the hypocrisy of it. You know what I'm saying? Constantly looking at people who constantly got Christ's name in their mouth. We say something in the black community, keep my name out your mouth. And depending yeah. on what the situation is or how raspy it got, I might say, keep your, keep my damn name out your fucking mouth. However it might get, it's gonna, you know, it might get real raspy depending on what's going on. <laughs> and at this point, you know, I kind of feel like if Jesus was down here walking the earth, he would be at these conferences, he would be at these rallies, he would be looking at Donald Trump talking about keep my motherfucking name. You know, right. <laughs> you know, you remember when you remember when Will Smith went up and slapped Chris Rock. I yeah. think it'd be something like the keep my name out your motherfucking mouth. I think that's what you <laughs> Jesus wouldn't say. <laughs> I think he probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't. Sl- he'd flip a table, though, right? He probably would avoid personal physical violence he and just flip a table. A little bit. He was just a little bit. Gangster, just, he had a little bit of sauce and swag. So, but I think I think the problem is that people just not walking like they talking. The name doesn't need yeah. to change. You know what I'm saying? People don't ever say um, if a doctor if commits malpractice. You know, the doctor gets disqualified 
and maybe this is the issue. The doctor gets disqualified, loses his license if he's found to commit malpractice. He can't practice, you know, medical. He, he can't be in the field. We don't say, do we need to change this from doctor to something else because these doctors is fucking them? No, the problem with Christianity is, is that they do all this fuckery and then they yeah. still hold tight to this title. And claim this is Christ. No, Jesus Christ is yeah. your master. Yeah, it's right wing. It's, it's the problem with right wing Christianity, though. Like I have to say it every time. And I and I had this fight with Bill Maher a hundred times at his house. It's not <laughs> the religious people causing all the problems. It is the extreme right wing r- religious people of every religion causing all the problems. Um, Dylan, I want to bring it back to the the NAR. You know, I don't think Mike Johnson is ever going to sit down and actually be interviewed by uh, a news source that's going to challenge him on these things. But it does seem like it's a blueprint for, I mean, Christian supremacy or, or theocracy or uh, theonomy. Can you explain that word theonomy? Am I saying yeah, it? Yeah, this is, yeah, I think so. Um, it's, it's an end goal of Christian nationalists. And I, and I took a deep dive today into this because there's, there's a little bit of a difference between that and a theocracy. But the, the key thing about a theonomy is, is that that word means God's law. And what they want to do is they want to make mosaic law yeah. into the civil and judicial law. And there's a lot of problems with this. First of all, they're, divorce, <laughs> they're divorcing the entire Torah from its context. The yes. Torah is contextual to antiquity and to the Israelites. And as multiple rabbis I followed and read have said, this was not written for you. Mm-hmm. This was written for us. Thank mm-hmm. you. So there's that. Then there's the idea again, and it's also predicated upon the David Barton myth that America is a Christian nation, which yeah. I just hopefully dispelled for a lot of people. And then there's the whole um, things that they that these yo-yos believe. So one of them is Gary Demar. He believes that anybody that has gay or lesbian sex should be put to death. Mm. There's another yeah. guy. How, cre- how Christian? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that public schools are essentially whorehouses. Mm. Uh, and another guy named Joel Webin today said he wants he believes that all other religions in a perfect theonomic society would be outlawed as blasphemy exactly. and that exactly. there would be penalties for that blasphemy. And he said uh. he looked into the camera and said, I want to cancel Islam. Mm. Well, oh. all theology is speculative. Thank you. The, the 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 texts that make up the biblical canon show that mm-hmm. it's also predicated upon inerrancy. And in Genesis, the original Hebrew describes the earth as a flat disk with a dome shaped lid. Now, I don't think that perhaps we should be basing our civil and judicial society on a collection of texts written by Thank a pre scientific people who Thank were you. wrestling about what their ideas about God I were. say this all the time. Have you guys read the book of Genesis? Fallen angels have sex with earth women and they give birth to giants who walk the earth. It's some crazy Middle Earth shit. It's going like on Game of, of Thrones. There's a yeah. talking snake. <laughs> talking snake. Never meant to be taken literally. Because if you want to yeah. believe that Eve came from Adam's rib, then you think the first ever woman transitioned from a man. But Keith, you know, oh, this makes me crazy because... I think that the opposite of faith isn't doubt. I think doubt is an important part of faith. To me, the opposite of faith is certainty. Mm -hmm. And what Dylan's talking about is not faith. It's actually fear. 
Because if you had any faith, mm-hmm. why the hell would you want to shut up other religions? If you really believe right. in anything your religion teaches, why do you need to be the religious supremacist and suppress all the other clubs because you're in the one club that's right? I mean, to me, it just shows mm-hmm. they believe nothing but their own power. No, you're exactly right. Um, evangelical Christianity in America, and I know this because uh, I was raised in this, um, it has reached the point where they have convinced themselves that the gospel is about having all the right information about God. Um, and in that system, then, um, the gospel is about information, and then the greatest sin is to be wrong about something, to disagree with them, really, that's what that means, to disagree with them about anything. That's it. And, and what they misunderstand, first of all, that's not what the gospel is. The gospel is not about having the right information about God. Um, it's not about information, it's about transformation. That's what Jesus talks about. Um, and so that's the reason why it's this, it's this mistake to act as if Christianity is about certainty. The, here's look, bottom line, here's the thing, in all theology, is talking about a being that is beyond human comprehension, okay? And so you cannot say that God is this being shrouded in mystery uh, beyond all hu- human comprehension, and now let me tell you all about him. Now that doesn't work. Right? <laughs> I've got him right <laughs> here in this handy box that he fits into that I carry That's around right. in my pocket. Or this yeah. little book. I've got him in this little book, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's what's lacking, right, is, is just um, to get away from certainty. I think it would be wonderful if Christians could find their way back into the mystery of God, which would mean admitting that they don't have all the answers, that they don't have it all figured out, and that the truth is they don't really need to, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I talk about this all the time, about how... Um, you know, if it really was about, if Christianity really was about having this exact theology and having all these things, you know, all the little ducks in a row and all these little you know, points and dots connected, then it makes no sense that the, the two main ways that Jesus communicated this gospel was one by telling stories, parables, right. that he only explained what one of them meant. The rest of them, he just left them hanging out there. And the, yep. the second thing he did was ask a bunch of questions. That is the worst possible way to communicate exact theology that everybody has to get exactly right. But you know what it's great for? It's great for engaging people's imagination. It's great for pulling them into this great mystery of God to help them start to wonder and ask questions. That's why Jesus says that unless you change and become like little children, you cannot Mm -hmm. see the kingdom of God. If you have kids, you know that what they do is ask questions all the time. Why? Why? What's this? What's that? But wouldn't wouldn't you agree that that passage has been weaponized? To oh, yeah. support ignorance, mm-hmm. to praise ignorance, yeah. to, to to fetishize ignorance and to demonize critical thinking. Yeah, of course. But I, again, I think that, but that's the trap for Christians to think that when they talk about theology, it's about having um, these concrete answers. Right. I know all about God. I've got God in this box or in this book. I've got God figured out. I think yeah. the the Christianity, the the Jesus, the Christianity that Jesus, the the faith, I should say, because Jesus wasn't a Christian, the the, the faith that Jesus was trying to draw people towards and into was uh, an embracing of this mystery of God. And again, that's not about having the right answers. It's in other words, it's it's a knowing God. When we say talk about knowing God, we're not talking about um, having all the right theology, all the right doctrines. Um, I think what Jesus is describing is knowing God in a way that you can experience God. You may not be able to explain it, 
but you certainly can experience God. You have, that's you a very have Jewish. To that's a very Jewish outlook. Yeah, yes, I mean exactly. that God's not some invisible white man in the sky with a big fuck off beard throwing down lightning bolts. That <laughs> lightning God's bolts, a presence yeah. you feel and experience when you get out there and live. I mean, Jesus that's was right. a mensch, and that and that that's essentially what he's talking about. Can, can yeah. I shift ground for just a moment here? Sure. Um, what's guys? What's going on in Florida? This new bill. And the state legislature would establish that personhood exists from the moment of fertilization, which is not in the Bible anywhere. And it would effectively ban all abortions except to save a patient's life with permission. And any doctor who conducted uh, an abortion could do 10 years in jail or a fine of $100,000. It's almost like they know how deeply unpopular this is, and they're going to do it anyway. And that's what happens when you're trying to control everybody. (laughs) Because first of all, the thing about the, 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 this is the issue that I'm having with this whole abortion thing and life starts at fertilization. What do you what do you do for those people who have um, miscarriages? How do you define mm-hmm. that? What do you do for the people who um, have a surrogacy or who have a um, a birth through you know artificial insemination and all those kind of things like that? What do you do for that? I, I, the, and, and the reason why I'm mentioning that is who determines where life starts with that? The doctor who connected the, the semen with the egg or, you know, mm-hmm. who's God in that situation? You know what I'm saying? To me, it yeah. looks like a whole bunch of men who's trying to be God. And why are you so concerned with making women have babies that they don't want to have? What's wrong with you and what's going on with you? And what foundation in the scripture can you find? For that, because I can't find I'm, 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 I'm looking in the same Bible you're looking in, and I That's don't it. find anything where God instructs you to command others as if you're God. Because think about it. The Bible says obey the laws of the land. So these people are saying, well, we're going to have to create some laws. We're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to be God. We're going to have to put God in the law. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's all it's all oppression. I can't find anything in this is why I said they don't walk it like they talk it. We don't need to change the name. They just need to be what they're supposed to be. You can't find Christ in what they're doing. You can't no. find Christ in what they're saying. Yeah, they put his name in there, but he's not in there. And that's the way it is with a lot of the churches, with that's a lot it. of these politicians, what of all these so-called evangelicals, whatever you want to call them. You got his name in your mouth, but you don't have him in you. And that's, that's exactly what Jesus said. They praise me with their words. I mean, Dylan, you, you know, this is what I get hung up on now. Uh, you got the Ten Commandments, and then you have uh, Leviticus, which is sort of the terms and conditions, right? Like, Apple Music has got nothing on Leviticus. Thousands of rules, arcane rules, leprosy. I mean, mildew is as bad as leprosy. Like, so much. At no point in these thousands of laws is there ever any punishment for terminating a pregnancy, any forbidding you from terminating a pregnancy at no point do they say the state should force rape victims uh, who are pregnant to carry and bear their rapist child at no point do they say citizens have no right you have to be pregnant if the government wants i mean it's completely unbiblical and we we know this is how the fallwells hijacked the religion in the 70s because abortions was it i mean they lost civil rights they lost segregation they latched onto abortion and for two generations people have been raised to think that putting people in jail for this has anything to do with jesus's ministry i mean it's just been a a, a four-decade racket right how do we take the truth back how do we how do we remind people that jesus was against the death penalty never mentioned this abortion shit well that's that's another one of the the contradictions of this theonomist viewpoint because 
they they think that what's going to happen is that we're in this um, post that Jesus isn't going to return until a post millennial thousand year reign of theonomist Christian ethics. And one of the things that they point to is a blanket ban on abortion in all 50 states, which, again, it's not in the book. In the in the 66 books that comprise the Protestant canon and however many are in the Orthodox canon, it's not in the book. So they are, as uh, Mark 7, 8 says, they're forsaking the commands of God and they're going with the traditions of men instead. Yep. And that's the that's the thing as and this is what I was talking about in the year in episode uh, or the special. This is the doubling down that I was going to talk that I was talking about. They're going with we're going to ban abortions and we're going to leave it to the states. And all of the really godly states are the ones that are going to ban it with no. And and like Doug Mastriano said here, all this uh, my body, my choice is is nonsense. And I don't see any any. he, this is Doug Mastriano, not me, yeah. saying that there's no exceptions for rape or incest or any of that kind of stuff. These are traumatizing events. You cannot, and I say this as, as a person with PTSD, you cannot love a traumatized person by fucking making them relive their trauma in a painful Thank way. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's right. I can't even, I don't even, I can't, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to let I that land. My whole yeah. thing is, I wish men could get pregnant. I do too. Oh, girl, you. if they could get pregnant, there would be an abortion clinic at the end of my fucking block. <laughs> Next if to the study, get pregnant, it'd be, you, you know how they mix like the, the Burger Kings with Seven Eleven or whatever they got Taco yeah. Bell. Mm-hmm. You they'd be connected to gas stations. Can you yeah. imagine locker room douchebags would be bragging over who's had the most abortions? Hey, right. fag, I've had seven third trimesters, seven third trimesters. Top that. You know how these douchebags would be. That's right. I wish. I wish. Because this would not be a conversation. This would Mm -hmm. not be a conversation. Exactly. It's always been about control. And if you look back, (laughs) if you look, if you look back through history, it's always been about control. Let me give you. I don't know how much time we have on this. Do I have two minutes? Okay. To talk about something. Uh, well, well, I almost, recently almost. Came back. I mean, D- Dylan oh, just yeah. won the mic drop award of the night. So go yeah. ahead, please. He did. He did. I, I recently came back from Gambia and I visited a place called Kunta Kinte Island. Um, if you've seen the Roots series that was done by Alex Haley, this is where it was shot. This is his people. These are his relatives. One of the things I learned was the Catholic Church came there. They set up a church that was not far from this island called St. James Island, which is now Kunta Kinte Island. And that was part of the trafficking which was we're coming here, we're bringing religion here, and et cetera, but it ended up being part of the network for the slaves. And I feel like that this whole abortion thing is kind of like the colonization of women's bodies. And they're using religion you know what I'm to do it and using the law to colonize these bodies. You're going to have these Well, we're taking away you your liberty, but we're, we're doing it to save That's you. Right. We're taking away That's your right. liberty well, yes, to save your soul. For your own good. Because you, yeah. you don't know what's best for you. You savage. <laughs> you don't know what's best for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, can I can I ask you with our remaining time, um, as you talk with your parishioners and, and, and fellow believers, what kind of um, feelings are you recording uh, as to how American Christians are feeling about the situation in Gaza right now? We're at about 23,000 civilian deaths and no mm-hmm. sign yet of things slowing down. And I'm curious how you guys are are carrying this weight and how your uh, your fellow believers are expressing their feelings about it. Do you talk to a lot of believers who really think this is awesome and good for Israel? 
Well, I run into them. Um, I see them on Facebook. They're not friends of mine, uh, thankfully, but I do see a lot of Christians cheering on um, that, that have this uh, this opinion, again, that comes from the evangelical Christian world uh, that we have to bless Israel, we have to support Israel, and that means anything the nation of Israel does. We have we have no choice. We don't. We can't critique it. Um, we can't say anything against it, um, which is nonsense in itself. I mean, we could do a whole episode yeah. on why that's nonsense. Um, but you know, Christians, and I was raised this way too. I used to think this when I was an evangelical Christian. I I was exactly the same way. Um, so I do see a lot of Christians justifying it. Thankfully, though, I see a lot of progressive Christians, Christians who have deconstructed their faith. Um, who are a little more open-minded about it. And um, and as followers of Jesus, that's what they would call themselves. Um, you know, we can't turn a, a blind eye to a genocide. And that's what's really what's going on right now. I mean, over 500,000 people um, that are being starved right now, they, you know, they, they don't have access to food and water. And I mean, I don't know what else we can do. It, it, I feel very powerless. I think a lot of people feel very powerless about it. You know, I can post on Instagram. I can say something. Um, I can try to speak out. I can post a blog or maybe or something, but what else can I really do? And I think, you know, uh, but we have to do whatever we can, whatever we do. It's better than being silent. It's better than looking the other way. Um, and so, you know, the, the thing I think that's most frustrating as well is that this is a genocide brought to you by the United States of America. Um, we are selling them the weapons. We are sending them the money. Um, we're also standing right next to them, you know, and, and defending, what's going yeah. on and, and yeah. we're refusing to call for a ceasefire. Um, we're refusing to stand for humanitarian rights. Um, and so I think that's why it's even more important for us as followers of Jesus to speak out about it, to say something about it, to call your congressman, um, you know, write letters, whatever you have to do, uh, protest. Um, but we can't continue to let this happen. And I think we have to keep doing this until the killing stops and until the healing and the reconciliation can begin. I mean, Dylan, this this slaughter we're seeing is not helping Israel. It's not helping the people of Palestine. And it's not helping Joe Biden's reelection so far no. as I can see. So, I mean, where where how are you feeling about this ne seemingly never ending destruction? And again, with the caveat, Hamas is evil. They're a bunch yes. of fucking Nazi terrorists. We yes. don't yes. dispute that. We're not pro Hamas. We have to say that because you yeah. know how the Christians are. Go ahead, Dylan. Right. Well, there are two dangerous D's in American fundamentalism. Dominionism with the theonomic nonsense that I just talked about and dispensationalism. Yes. Which is the rapture end times fever dreams of Tim LaHaye and all of those and John Hagee and the blood moon and all of that other theological horseshit. And a, a few years ago when Trump had a bunch of these, you know, laying on of hand types, in the Oval Office, Diana Butler Bass, a theologian and Christian historian. Good said, friend of the show. Yeah, she, she said, hey, just so you know, the people that are in Trump's office right now believe that Israel and Iran have to go to war to bring Jesus back. Yep. Mm. So that's why this is so dangerous. And that's why some of what Keith was just talking about with the, the Biden administration, there are people in the in the government in the machinery of U.S. government who are actively trying to make the rapture happen. Yes. Now, this is spurious yes. theology. I was really yeah. lucky to have it's a... It's ridiculous. It's Bible fan fiction. The word isn't even in the Bible. It was invented That's by right. a British pastor in the 1800s. Right. And Nelson Darby, yep. That's it. And and my, my New Testament professor's entire field of expertise 
is apocalyptic literature. And which his, is not which is my understanding, Dylan. It's not the Apostle John in Revelation. It's some other dude named John tripping his face right. off in a cave on shrooms and writing down his hallucinations. <laughs> That's the book of it's, Revelation. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. But it's really an anti-empire treatise, according to Dr. Greg Carey. Uh, really? So it's how Christians are supposed to respond in the face of a violent empire, which is Rome at the time of Nero. It has absolutely, and I mean, I want to reiterate this, absolutely zero to do with the 21st century nation state of Israel and trying to orchestrate Armageddon. Right. And that's Thank why you. dispensationalism is so fucking dangerous. And that's why people in Gaza are dying for this shit. Honestly, I'm so grateful to have a panel of progressive Christians who say the word fuck a lot. That's just I waited my whole life for this. And honestly, I just this is this is this is the mountaintop. Will you guys stay with us through the commercial break? We'll have some final thoughts when we come back. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. We are at 866-997-4748. This is Progress After Dark. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Well, Dylan, maybe if you're not being crucified by the Philistines, you're not doing it right. This is Sirius XM Progress. We're with the God Squad. Dylan Cruz, uh, Pastor December Rose Waddleton, and Keith Giles. Our number is 866-997-4748. We were almost going to play this God Made Trump video tonight, but it was just too ridiculous, and I actually thought our conversation was much, much better. Let me just, with our final minutes, ask you, like, like, what is your number one go-to line you use when you deal with someone who thinks it's possible to follow both Donald Trump and Jesus? Because again, the only things they have in common, they hung out with prostitutes and use ghost writers. That's it. So when you guys, <laughs> what's your go-to line or talking point when you want to have a shortcut when talking with these folks? I mean, Keith, what do you say when you're dealing with these flock fleecing Pharisees and Philistines? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really hard. Honestly, it's difficult to talk to them because most of them are not very reasonable. Um, but usually what I'll try to do is maybe just ask them a question because Jesus asks questions all the time. Um, I usually try, you know, after they've said something like how they think that immigrants are, you know, uh, going to take our jobs or, um, you know, they, they say something kind of like that. And I'll say like, OK, so I see you're against this and, I'll, and you're a Christian. Um, so. You know, can you what? Where's the part where Jesus? You know, what verse is it where Jesus says, you know, what you just said? Like that. In yeah. other words, you're basing your views, you're basing your beliefs, obviously, on the teachings of Jesus. Can you remind me where Jesus was against that, or where Jesus said something like that? Exactly. Um, and usually they'll just stare at you like a deer in the headlights, like what? <laughs> uh, because because they 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 don't themselves connect the fact that the way they're behaving, that the, the views they're holding, the things they're pounding the table about and saying, I'm a Christian, and that's why I'm going to vote for Trump. Um, they're oblivious to the fact they're not even stopping to think that all of these things that Trump is for are exactly the things that Jesus is against. Um, that's right. And so, yeah, I just try to hope as much as I can try to point out to them that, you know, Trump and Jesus, they're they're not the same guy. They're not they're not in favor of the same things and they're not walking in the same direction. You're going to have to pick which one you're going to follow. Um, Amen. And it's, you know, it's, it's Jesus or it's Trump, but it can't be both. December, really quick, let me go to you. What are you, what's your go-to line when you come across someone who thinks you can follow Jesus and Trump at the same time? The, the thing is, I, I don't say my go-to line out loud. So nobody, 
What you want to know what 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 happens in my mind when I? I mean, I, I always I ask them. I ask them, give me one teaching of Jesus Trump has fought for in his life legislatively. Give me one, and then I find out how little they've read the Bible. But I mean, what do you do when you're confronted? I, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like I could talk to these people on, with any level of intelligence, and I don't mean that in kind of same way. The first thing that comes across my mind is like this motherfucker. Now I'm gonna say that out loud. That's something that's in my, of course. in my head, you know what I'm saying? But the thought that comes across is choose this day whom you will serve. Mm. And that's the, that's the message that I have for anybody that's on this, that's walking this line, thinking that you could straddle this fence between Christ and Trump. Choose this day whom you will serve. Because you cannot <laughs> serve God and man. You can't serve Trump and Christ. You just can't have it both ways, baby. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. You can't serve the lie and the truth. You, mm. you, you Hang know on, I'm going to write this you down. Cannot serve. You can't <laughs> serve the seasoning and the and, and you know what I'm saying. Choose, choose. You 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 gonna have the salt or or what you gonna have? I, you you gonna have light or you gonna have darkness? Come out. I'm of writing this down. To the marvelous light. So what, what you're saying is you you got to serve somebody. You're saying you got to serve somebody. I'm, I'm, serve I'm writing that down. It's a good line. December, how do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your doings? Um, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on everywhere. It's December Rose. And that's D-E-S-I-M-B-E-R. Rose. Right on. December Rose. That's me. Dylan, it falls to you in our remaining couple of minutes. How, what do you do when you come across uh, one of these guys who thinks you, it's possible to follow, grab him by the pussy and Jesus at the same time? <laughs> well, I, I, try to, I try to show the dichotomy of a poor Galilean peasant who preached the Beatitudes versus a man who shits in a golden toilet and <laughs> never the twain shall meet. And, and Trump shows up a lot in my book, Theological Musings, because he's, you know, he's dominating the discourse. And it is quite literally theologically impossible to reconcile following, supporting Trump and following Jesus. It is literally impossible. It's a square peg round hole situation. You cannot do it. Right on. Dylan, how do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your work? Uh, you can Google me, Dylan Neighbor Cruz. Uh, I'll pop up on a couple of different places on Twitter and Facebook, and my books are on Amazon. Right on. And Keith, how do we follow you? Yeah, uh, just go to KeithJaws.com. Uh, that's my blog on Patheos, and my books are on Amazon. And I uh, co-host the Heretic Happy Hour podcast with December Rose. And yeah, also I have a solo podcast called Second Cup with Keith, and you can check those out anywhere you listen to podcasts. Guys, thank you so much. I love this segment. I love having you all on the show, and thank you for chasing these frauds away and giving them the whooping they deserve. We gotta go. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Thea. I'm John Fugelsang. Keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.